Welcome to Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Sosa E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we'll be chatting about how to rewrite your health destiny and beat heart disease. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to chat with you about the importance of learning your family health history, and later we will chat with Shira Aguar, a health enthusiast, environmentalist, food security activist, and author. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to the listeners in Australia, South Africa, France, the Netherlands, Poland, Canada, Spain, and the USA. I appreciate you all. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Today on the show, I'm excited to chat about how to rewrite your health destiny. We've chatted about this a bit on the show before. And you may be aware that your genes play a part in determining the health hand that you have to deal with in life. If your grandparents or parents had heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, etc., this can leave you more susceptible to getting the same conditions, especially if you choose to eat and live a lifestyle that is identical to your predecessors. You also may have heard the famous quote, your genetics loads the gun and your lifestyle pulls the trigger. For me, this was confirmed in my interview today and in past interviews of other men and women who have achieved extraordinary longevity that had family histories of disease, but because of their diet and lifestyle choices, they were able to change their personal health outcomes. So let's chat about how to overcome your family health history. First, catalog all the diseases plaguing you and the members of your family. Include your mother, your father, grandparents, any siblings with health issues. Then write in the health conditions they have and any conditions you currently have. You can then share this information with your health provider and devise a plan to prevent hereditary conditions from cropping up in the future. We do this exact activity in Staying Ageless 30 Plus, my course on longevity that is eight weeks and coming back soon, child. Next, you want to get blood work, a health assessment, and optionally also get some genetic testing done. You can approach your health from a holistic perspective because your diet, your thoughts, your feelings, your social connections, toxin exposure, general state of mind, exposure to diseases and exercise, all of these things affect you and affect your state of your health. You have to think about all of these factors as puzzle pieces that together amount to living your best, healthiest life and blood work and a health assessment that can help you look at the big picture. Next, you want to get blood work a holistic health assessment, and optionally include genetic testing. This is important because it helps you to approach your health from a holistic perspective. Our diet, our thoughts, our feelings, our social connections, toxin exposure, general state of mind, exposure to diseases, and our exercise, our daily exercise, all of this affects us. So we need to start thinking about all of these factors as puzzle pieces that together amount to living your best, healthiest life. So we want to look at the big picture using all of this data. If you can also get genetic testing, which we also do in my Staying Ages 30 Plus course, um, do so because it'll tell you about genetic SNPs. It'll tell you about how you metabolize certain foods. Um, We have really cool genetic testing that has really helped us learn a lot about some of the ladies in Staying Ages 30 Plus, like finding out that they have impaired methylation cycles or 
just stuff that's really weird and nerdy, but it really does help you figure out how to strategize, how to um, organize your supplementation, and what foods to also avoid to live your best, healthiest life. After you get all of this data, then you want to assess your current lifestyle in relation to your goals and your family history of disease. So if you have diabetes, try adopting a plant-based diet. If dementia runs in your family, try incorporating more polyphenols, all of the antioxidants found in vegetables and foods such as green tea, blueberries, colorful veggies, dark chocolate, all that stuff. Also, you know, dementia is they, a lot of times they call it type three diabetes or diabetes of the brain. So you want to start very early on making sure that your blood sugar control is good, even 10, 15, 20 years before you could be at risk for dementia. Uh, you want to work with your healthcare practitioner and holistic healthcare practitioners to figure out what you are already doing that supports your goals, what might need to be changed or adjusted. And finally, the last step is that you're going to take everything that you've learned and put it into action. So you would adjust your diet and lifestyle to ensure you're successful, and you would use that data and monitor that data ongoing. Think about if we were able to do this in our teenage years or even younger. We can analyze our potential health issues that would arise and then build proactive, not reactive lifestyles to prevent health imbalances from even happening in the first place. I truly believe this is where the future of nutrition is headed. It won't be about health gurus telling you about what diet they think is best for you. Instead, it'll be about analyzing your DNA, your family history of disease, and lifestyle choices to create a preventative long-term plan. I don't know about you, but that's my dream. All right, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we will chat with our amazing guest for today. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all-new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy for women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's clean starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs and we officially launched January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. When I lived in LA, I was at the beach all of the time. (laughs) The beach was my happy place. After going to the beach, I would always stop by this amazing raw food restaurant. They had the most delicious food, burritos, cinnamon rolls. I was obsessed. Fast forward to this year when I wanted to give myself a jump start on raw, 
I discovered that this amazing restaurant that I used to frequent had transitioned to nationwide delivery of fully prepared raw meals. It's called Raw Revolution, and for 20 years, they've been serving the finest and most vibrant living foods meals. They offer a raw box, which includes two fresh pressed juices, four gourmet entrees, four generous sides, and two delicious low glycemic desserts. The raw box is designed to provide one person with about four to five days of lunches and dinners. I also love that the menu changes each week, so there's always lots of variety. I get a lot of inquiries from listeners and clients alike who want to go raw and feel like it's not sustainable time-wise. If this is you, this is an amazing solution to get your raw jumpstart. Head on over to rawvolution.com and use the code RAWGIRL to receive a discount on your first purchase. Today's guest is Shira Aguirre, who is an articulate health enthusiast, environmentalist, food security activist, and author. Shira founded and led a successful business for three decades, winning national awards for entrepreneurship, innovation, and service excellence. She then sold the company in 2016 to focus on sharing her passion for a healthy diet and lifestyle. Agar describes herself as high energy, in better overall health, and in many more ways fit than in her 30s or 40s. She has practiced meditation and yoga daily for more than 25 years, and for many years has researched and read extensively about diet and lifestyle as the most important factors for achieving and maintaining good health. By adopting a whole plant-based diet, she improved her overall heart health and eliminated symptoms of hypertension despite a significant family history of heart attack, stroke, and high blood pressure. She is passionate about empowering others to maintain vibrancy and good health throughout their lifetimes. One of Aguirre's main goals with her new book, Joyful, Delicious Vegan, Life Without Heart Disease, is to make the change to a healthier diet and lifestyle more accessible, particularly to African-Americans and other communities who are at high risk for diabetes and heart disease. Aguirre writes about the healing qualities of compassion, simplicity, and gratitude, and the ripple effect vegan eating can have on individuals, families, and communities. Shira Aguirre, I am so happy to have you here on Staying Ageless. I can't, I'm like really excited to see you again, honestly, really. Same here. (laughs) (laughs) But now we get to talk about your book and all the stuff that surrounds your book, Joyful, Delicious Vegan, which makes me want to eat something. Yes. Um, (laughs) So can we start with, tell us a little bit about your health journey that led to the writing of this book in the first place. Sure. Uh, happy to, to do that. And thank you so much for having me, first of all. Of course. Of course. And uh, well, the, the title, and we were chatting a little bit before, the title, Joyful, Delicious Vegan, Life Without Heart Disease, uh, was not the original title idea, but I'm glad that's where it landed because that's exactly um, kind of explains my health journey. And how the end result has been, you know, good health that at one point I didn't believe because of my family history I could achieve. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. So what did you have any sort of crisis moments that made you transform your lifestyle? Was your lifestyle always great? No, (laughs) I live in Texas. And uh, that is a very uh, cattle, uh, beef, meat eating, you know, environment. Uh, And actually, my journey started um, when I was in my early 30s, actually, when I was turning 30, Mm. Uh, I was kind of freaking out, I'm turning 30, oh my God. And, uh, but I noticed that after my typical fast food lunch, 
mm-hmm. burgers and fries, uh, fried chicken. It's popular down here. Mm-hmm. Um, pizza, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, that my energy would just flatline about mid afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have no energy. I, you know, I went back to work. I'd have to drag myself through the afternoon. And I just started to pay attention to what I ate and how I felt afterwards. And I started little by little to eliminate the things that I knew were not good for me, like the fried, greasy fried foods. Yeah. Uh, first thing I eliminated, Asoso, was donuts. <laughs> I used to love donuts. And I mean, what? <laughs> so I eliminated those and then and then I you know, eliminated the rest of the fried foods. So just little by little, actually over a period of 20 years. Wow. Yeah, I ate mostly vegetarian. Wow. um, But I still ate fish and dairy and eggs. Okay. Um, And then in my 50s, my blood pressure started to creep up, just like, you know, my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, and even my generation, you know, uh, of cousins. Mm. Uh, started to experience the same thing. And I'm thinking, hey, what's up with this? Like, I've been eating, you know, better than most people I know, and Mm -hmm. uh, active. Um, You know, I I really never had a weight problem, but but Mm -hmm. my blood pressure started going up. And so I eventually had to go on blood pressure medication, but I felt mm-hmm. I was actually depressed the day I went to fill the prescription. Oh, yeah. I felt like I thought I was doing enough, uh, but yet that's where, where I ended up. Uh, and so shortly after I started the medication, there were two incidents that really kind of brought me back to the realization that I had to continue my journey, my health journey. I had to do more. I just could not simply rely on the medications. I had to have them, obviously. So the first one is that I was in my garden, in the yard, doing some yard work in the evening. I got up quickly and felt I was about to faint. Wow. And that had not happened before. So I didn't really know if it was the medication. I didn't know what it was. But the the real showstopper for me was um, an afternoon, I decided to take uh, and a friend, an elderly friend, actually to lunch mm-hmm. around one o'clock. And, you know, we got on the freeway. The restaurant was only 15 minutes from our house. We were laughing. We were talking, having a good time. And all of a sudden, I just felt like I was fading. Oh, my goodness. And I felt like I was going to black out and mm-hmm. on the freeway. So I, you know, I was trying my best to hide my absolute terror from her because I didn't right. want to um, scare her. Right. And and all I could think to do was just to make it off the freeway. So yeah. I just slowly, you know, change lanes till I got to the nearest exit. Okay. As soon as I got on the surface road, the feeling just vanished, just like it had never happened. I mean, it was just gone. And so I was shaken, but I was not about to get back on the freeway. So we went on to lunch. We were only a couple of blocks from the restaurant, had a nice lunch. But afterwards, I was still shaking because I thought about what could have happened, not just to me, but to her. Right, right. So from that moment on, I said, you know what? I've got to do more. So what did the more look like? Like, what do you do? So what the more looked like, uh, actually, it it was um, really a lucky a thing that I got referred to 
actually a black cardiologist who happened to be vegan and actually yeah. wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about Dr. Montgomery, my friend. Yeah, your friend, Dr. Baxter. I call him Dr. B. Dr. B. <laughs> yes. And so that was really great because, um, and, and I resisted initially giving up my fish. That was the one thing and my cheese. You know, everybody, right? Everybody. And, uh, but but I knew I had to do it. So I just started down the path. I, I actually did raw for about a year. Okay. Um, and, and that gave my palate, I think, an opportunity to reset in a mm. more profound way. Mm. Uh, it, it really made a difference in my health. It didn't get me where I wanted to be initially. My journey was slow and long because... Uh, what I learned is that even though my blood pressure readings improved, they weren't mm-hmm. consistent. And it took me a while to figure out why. Mm. <laughs> and the why of that is I had to start paying attention. A, a theme in my book is really listening to my body and, and yeah. encouraging all of us to do that. Yeah. Because what was happening was I was eating too much fat. I, I got in the habit of eating nuts for snacks all day long. So when I realized it, I was eating, I was probably getting 50% of my, of my calories from, from fat. It was healthy fat. You know, it was almonds, walnuts, you know, uh, pumpkin seeds, whatever, but it was too much. It was just too much. So too much of a good thing is too much of a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. So once I, once I realized that and I, you know, started paying more attention to how much of those things I was eating. I still eat them, but in moderation and try to keep the fat to about 10 to 15% of like what I consume. Okay. And so that meant that I just really started eating a lot more other stuff, a lot more fruit, a lot more vegetables, a lot more whatever, you know, to kind of balance grains, legumes, everything. Love it. I really like what you said about paying attention because I talk about this all the time, like I'm so sensitive that like if I notice anything, you know, a little pain or whatever, I'm like, what's that about? Was that for my workout? What's the, you know, right. I think that the average person is kind of like numb. It's like you're walking around the world and you're not allowing yourself to to really feel the stress that's coming on your body, feel any aches and pains, understand what happened after you ate that meal. It's like we're kind of on this autopilot where we're just eating and moving. And then one day we crash and burn. And then we go, how did that happen? That's exactly right. And, and, you know, as, as you know, I talk about mindful eating. Yes. And mindful eating is just a part of mindful living. And that's something that so many of us don't allow ourselves to do because we're kind of, you know, rushing from one event to the, the next, you know, it's to work. You yeah, know, rush back home, rush to work, get through, yeah. the day, rush back home, you know, then yeah. you've got the kids, you've got other responsibilities. So it's not easy, you know, but yeah. it's possible. And it is so rewarding to to eat and live mindfully. I love your story too, because it's not like I did this and then overnight, it was like a very mm-hmm. gradual mm-hmm. lifestyle change process. And you also were over the age of 30, you know, mm-hmm. and then you hit 50. So it's like, you can start at any time, people, you know? Our bodies are so incredibly resilient. So mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't realize how powerful our, our bodies are. Hmm. There is a story that I tell that was another really pivotal moment for me in my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was about 12 years ago now. 
my mom had passed. So my mm-hmm. mom had passed a few months earlier. I was facing burnout at work. So I just decided to go to this little health spa and it, it was in the desert, you know, in California. It was not a fancy place. Yeah. Uh, but I just went and, uh, but there I met a woman who really changed the way I looked at my own health and I will never forget it. And it still guides and inspires me today. Mm. Her name was Susanna Boleyn. She ran this uh, little spa and she did a class and she told us, she says, um, I'm going to tell you a story. And uh, she says, I want you to picture the trillions of cells in your body. Mm. And these little cells have no other purpose than to try to keep you healthy. And they do this from the moment of conception all the way through your life. But we don't think about them. We don't understand how they do what they do. But their intelligence, their functional intelligence is what keeps us going, even when we don't make good choices. And so that story, and, and she described this as unconditional love. And, and it touched me in a way, I think, because of, you know, the point I, I was, you know, I was at with kind of my own uh, crises of like, what do I do next? You know, missing my mom, you know, just mm. a, a lot of pressure. Uh, when I got back to my little cabin that night, I just cried. I cried and cried. Mm. Uh, probably it seemed like forever. It was probably 20 minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> but I could picture, I mean, I just could picture the the scene that she painted for what is happening within our bodies that we don't pay attention to. And when our bodies try to, to tell us that something's wrong, a little ache, a little pain, all we want to do is silence it. We just yeah. take something over the counter so we can keep on doing yeah. whatever it is we think that's more important. Yes. And in fact, what could be more important, you know, because if we don't take care of our bodies, where do we live? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's the seat of our intuition. You know, it's, 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 there's so, so many important things. Huh. So I think it's interesting that you, you did the raw thing with Dr. B. What would you say? Cause you talk about breaking food addictions and getting over cravings. Did you feel like you didn't really stop break your addictions until you did that full year of raw? Like what was your, what's your philosophy behind breaking, breaking? Well, you know what? I, uh, fortunately I've never had an addiction, but I definitely had cravings. Okay. And I definitely loved sugar too much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll join the club. (laughs) So definitely cravings and cravings are tough. You know, cravings are tough. Um, Of course, with addictions, you know, people need support for that professional support Uh, with cravings. You know, we need support for that, too. But my cravings were such that, you know, I I had boundaries, you know, so I, I would go so far and then I'd realize, no, you know, I better step back. Um. So, so basically around sugar, uh, and then I got into trouble, as I said, with too much fat, you know, because Mm. I love the nuts and the, you know, the, were you replacing things like, okay, I'm going to find a vegan cake instead of doing this or were you, and you know, yeah, I got into that (laughs) and, and, you know, not as you know, and, and many people know most, not everything vegan is healthy. I mean, French fries are vegan. Say right? that again, because some people need to hear that. Not everything healthy. No, 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 no. And, and I think that listening to your body and getting back to that is really what's critical, because when you're younger, you can get away with more. 
You know, yeah. I mean, people talk about things like the um, Beyond Burgers and the Impossible Burgers. I mean, I, I would not eat those, but I don't really pan them for people who are looking for a transition. Yes. And, and I think they can be helpful. Uh, but as we age, we have to really uh, change our maintenance program and change. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I mean, I've had a lot of clients. I don't really, I'm not a fan of those, a lot of those fake things only because I've seen the gastrointestinal issues that people have after they eat them. And I'm like, uh, yeah, stop eating that, you know? So, I mean, if it works for you and it doesn't give you any of those issues right. and you're transitioning, sure. But then I guess the end goal really should be whole foods where you're like trying to move Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Yeah. But the incredible thing is that our bodies, you know, those little cells, they will try to the very end to keep us going until we wake up. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. So I, I love also that your story illustrates that you can you can decide, I am not going to live into my family's health history, right. basically. Can you talk a little bit about heart disease and how it impacts African-American women um, and then, you know, I guess how you dealt with the family issues. The family history, yes. Yeah. Well, after, uh, first of all, heart disease is the number one killer of all, you know, people uh, in the U.S. and actually worldwide. Mm. It's the number one killer. Of course, uh, communities of color and uh, black communities, uh, brown communities here, Native Americans are really hard hit. So for black women, we are twice as likely to have a stroke as white women. Oh my goodness. Um, we die earlier than most other ethnicities. So, and we're 60% uh, more likely to have um, other issues compounding, you know, the high blood pressure or compounding the stroke yeah. or the diabetes. So it's really important for us to do better self-care as, as a matter of survival and resilience and being able to recreate uh, those same family histories, all that great food that we love, we do not have to give up the taste. We do not have to give up the flavor. I would never do that. I would never right. ask anybody to do it because I'm not going to do it. Right. All we have to do is tweak them. You know, it's time for us to, I think, kind of recreate our food culture, keeping what's essential. What's essential yeah. is the flavor, the taste, the love that goes into it, the ingredients. Um, yeah. Most food is plant-based anyway. Totally. All we have to do is just find ways to uh, make them taste just as good or better because there are some things now that I like better than the original. And one is cornbread. And I grew up mm. in Texas and we love our cornbread. Yes, y'all do. It took a while, but I found, and, and the recipe's in my book. Uh, okay, awesome. It's called Clara's Cornbread. It's named after my granddaughter. One of them. And it took me a while. And, uh, but eventually, and I had to work with a chef because quite frankly, so, so I never liked to cook. Before, mm-hmm. before this stage of my health journey, I didn't like it. It was work. I had a business. I was busy, just kind of like what we talked about, just doing what I thought was more important. Right. But now I love it. And so some of the recipes I really enjoyed. I'm not a chef by any means, but I'm someone now who loves being in the kitchen. And and I now find it so creative because I'm always looking for that next little thing to make something even better. I love that. And it's really important 
so learning to cook, I feel like it's like cooking is an active participation in your daily nourishment. And so when you're not actively participating, you're literally just the recipient of whatever is out there. That is correct. So it's like taking part. Yeah, that is well said. That is so true. Mm, Because I feel like, you know, I, I have a lot of I remember when I was working in the wellness clinic and it was like, you know, a lot of people and it's like, do you eat vegetables? And like, uh, sometimes in a can, you know what I mean? Right, right. So it's like just, just actually exploring the flavors, the textures. And then it's also an important question to ask yourself, why don't you have time to cook? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, there are like legitimate reasons to be busy and whatever, and the good news is that our new, you know, our new world allows us like I can get my juices, you know, delivered to my place. I am mm-hmm. definitely guilty of like, in, you know, indulging in conveniences. But still, I think that just having some sort of active participation in, in it is, right. is important to evolve into a lifestyle change, I think. I, I think that is so true uh, because we learn to appreciate whatever we focus on its influence in our lives grows. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. If mm-hmm. we pay attention to it, we focus on it, it's going to expand. <laughs> yes. So yeah. what, better, what better way to use, you know, our, our time uh, than something that will have such a big payback, not just for us, but our families, you know, for yeah. our, our kids, for our communities. It's really important. And I think COVID has taught us just how important uh, basic health is. Yeah, as part of the the reason it was so devastating in in black and brown communities and Native American communities here is we already were sick with underlying conditions like heart disease or diabetes or obesity. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just I think we just have to start looking for a new normal that includes better and not just recreating or getting back to what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how we're going to make our lives more healthy, more joyful, more connected to to the earth, you know, to yeah. real food, real plants, yeah, and making it real delicious. Yes. Speaking of delicious, how do we reclaim the joy of eating? Like, how? What is that about? You know, it's it's to me, it has so many different layers. Uh, but I've always loved to eat. You know, I mean, from the time, you know, I was a kid, I just loved to eat and I yeah. still love to eat. And what is joyful to me now is the fact that I don't have conflict about what I'm eating. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I'm not worried about, you know, how many calories does this have? I'm not worried about, is this going to raise my blood sugar? I'm not worried about this or that or the other, because at this point, eating a whole plant-based um, a diet, plant strong diet, those issues kind of take care of themselves. As long as I eat whole foods, you know, mm-hmm. vegetable fruits, mm-hmm. beans, peas, you know, mm-hmm. uh, grains, you mm-hmm. know, um, all that good stuff, the spices, you know, herbs, yeah. you know, yeah. everything that gives food color and flavor and excitement. As long as I do that and stay away from the packaged stuff, the processing on the shelf. Uh, And as long as I don't uh, overdo with the oil or the salt or the sugar, you know, that is pretty much the baseline for good health period. 
Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of relax and you can find ways to enjoy what you're eating and make it as delicious as you want it to be. Because it's really the spices and the herbs and the food itself that are so colorful and beautiful and flavorful. We just have to work with that and remember how our ancestors did that. Oh, I love that so much. So I would consider you an ageless superstar. So I have ageless superstars. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes. (laughs) from you, I am floored and overly grateful. (laughs) No, seriously. Wait, how old are you? 72. See, see, for me, like you are like hashtag goals in the sense that it's like, sure, you went through a journey, but you've come to this place where you're eating in a way that is keeping you from being on medications. You're of sound body. You have a book out, child. You have a book. (laughs) I mean, that for me is really what agelessness is about. People think I'm talking about other stuff sometimes, but I'm really talking about are you energized? Are you in your right mind? Right. Are you off of medications? Right. Are you eating in a way that's in alignment with your body? Are you working in your purpose? So for me, your hashtag ageless goals. So I want to know what a little bit about your routine, whatever you want to tell us, if you yeah. have any sort of like routines that you do. I, I absolutely do. And, and my joy, a lot of my joy comes from the lifestyle in addition to the food and that lifestyle uh, a typical day for me uh, starts with meditation. So I've been meditating for 25 years or so. Wow. And it's the most important thing I do uh, every morning for 30 minutes. Wow. Okay. So that's the first thing I do. I spend a little time after that because my creative juices flow after that. You know, I start, yeah. I'm thinking about all kinds of things after that, that um, I get excited about. I start thinking and planning my day. I do uh, kind of some affirmations and then I do yoga. You know, I do yoga um, and it's, it's a combination of yoga, stretching, uh, toning, but that's also about 30 minutes. So basically the first hour to hour and a half. And, and I even did this when I had my business, when I was traveling, I would get up much earlier. Now I don't have to get up as early. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I sold the business about five years ago. So that's the first part of the day. After that, you know, I'm checking messages, doing whatever while I make my, and I eat really twice a day. And that's not something I recommend to people. It's just right. works for me. Okay. I'm hungry when I wake up because I'm, I'm ready for my meditation and you don't really eat and then meditate, you know? Right, you, right. You kind of want to do that when your body is still. Yeah. And so for breakfast, I have a huge plate of fruit, fresh fruit, whatever's in season, whatever's in my fridge. It's usually, I love grapefruit. I love berries, strawberries, blackberries, cranberries, blueberries. Uh, I'll have apples, pears, mango. I mean, whatever's melon. I love melon. Okay. So whatever's in season, whatever's in my fridge, I make a huge plate of that. Yeah. And I, I like it to be beautiful. So I may, I balance the colors. I'm kind of a little silly like that, you know, so fun. I, want, I want it to look like a rainbow. Yeah. And then I sprinkle chia seed over all of it because it makes it look nice. prettier. And <laughs> this is just kind of like how I have fun with it, but it's part of the joy. Yeah. Visual, yes. you know, it's, it's the flavors, but it's also the anticipation, you know, of, of what, what I'm going to eat and how beautiful it looks. Yeah, uh, I usually have some ground flaxseed and some pumpkin seed. With that, I eat a little bit of that. It helps balance out the sweetness of what okay. I'm doing. And 
usually I'll add maybe a small bowl of granola at the end with a plant milk. Okay. So that's kind of, and on Sunday I make buckwheat pancakes and nice. is also in the book. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Woo. Love it. I, eat, love. I love eating, eat a lot for dinner. It's uh, the main course for me is what every, you know, what the standard American diet would consider just a throwaway side, which is the salad. But mm-hmm. it's a big, beautiful, colorful salad with all kinds of stuff in there. Everything wow. from grains. I mean, it, every day it's different. Yeah. Sometimes I put fruit in it. I, I use different kinds of greens, all different kinds of greens. Uh, I belong to a CSA, a community-supported agricultural urban farm. So yeah. I fresh stuff every week, and it's affordable. So the salad is just different every day, but it's filling. I mean, I could just eat the salad. And it's, but along with that, I'll have some beans and rice, you know, some, some lentils and quinoa. Uh, I make vegetable stews, vegetable sautés, and I have some African dishes from Senegal that I learned uh, while I was there that the food there is so wonderful. Yeah. And so I've tweaked, you know, a couple of uh, recipes. One is like a Senegalese gumbo. Mm, and uh, the, the key is, and it tastes, even my husband says, that's not at all bad, you know, because it, it, it has all the flavor. It just doesn't have a fish. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. They usually make a fish. Yeah. They make it. Okay. With fish. So I, I don't have the fish, but it has all the other flavor and there are ways you know, sometimes I sprinkle a little kelp in there. Sometimes I use a little uh, nori. So to I saw Miss Tabitha Brown make hearts of palms into fish fry. I saw that too. Yeah, <laughs> I wow. did. I did. I was like, that is creative. You she get ten so, stars. She is so creative. You know, she's really creative. I wish I could cook like her. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'm developing my own little vibe and I think everybody can do that because cooking yeah. is really creative and you can yeah. really tailor it to your taste to yeah. what you like and still have it be incredibly healthy. I love this so much. So where can people find joyful, delicious vegan? Without <laughs> heart disease. It is pretty much anywhere books are sold. You know, obviously everything's on Amazon, it's there. But you can also get it uh, at local bookstores. Uh, it can be ordered online from them or, you know, in person. Okay. Uh, indie bookstores. I'm a big proponent of indie bookstores. So it's it's pretty much available wherever books are sold. Awesome. And where can people find you online? Okay. Online. Uh, my website is uh, www.sharagiri.com. On Instagram, it's at Shara Aguirre. Twitter, it's also Shara Aguirre. And Facebook is Shara Aguirre author page. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. Thank I got you. a little Thank you. inspiration too. So I feel like it was a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> great. Attention, superfood lovers. You all may know by now that my favorite African superfood of all time is Moringa. Why? Moringa has 92 nutrients and 46 antioxidants, and every part of the amazing plant can be used. I personally use Moringa oil on my face twice a day, and then I also use Moringa powder to add to my smoothies, make Moringa bread, or sprinkle on meals for added nutrition from an amazing company called True Moringa. Founded in 2013, True Moringa is creating jobs and community with their amazing skincare and wellness products. The coolest part? 
every time you make a purchase from True Moringa, they plant a tree in your name. Yes, child, to date they have planted over 2 million Moringa trees to combat deforestation and malnutrition in Ghana. To check out their awesome products, visit TrueMoringa.com and use the code RAWGIRL at checkout for 10% off and free shipping over $20. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of TheRawGirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, it's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM. Slide up in my DMs on Instagram at the Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Ali via Instagram, who says, Osteoporosis runs among the women in my family. What can I do now to make it less likely that I'll get it too? Hi, Ali. Thanks so much for reaching out. Well, there's a bunch of things that you can do. Really, you just want to improve your bone health, but in order to improve your bone health, you just need to improve your overall diet. A lot of people have been, we've been programmed to think that milk does the body good. I don't know if you're African-American or not, but a large percentage of African-Americans are lactose intolerant and bone-related issues actually happen in high prevalence, or at least research has shown, have happened in higher prevalence among communities that are consuming too much animal milk and dairy and all those kinds of things. So if dairy is a really, really consistent staple in your family diet and you're still seeing people have bone issues, I would consider removing that now. And then you want to consume actually a lot of dark leafy greens because you want to get in vitamin K. You want to get obviously calcium and all the nice minerals. And then you also want to start doing weight bearing exercises very early. So pay attention to your diet. Make sure that you don't have too many additives. Um, salt can have an impact on bone health over time. Excessive sugar obviously is never a great thing. So pay attention to having an overall healthy diet, free from additives, add in strength-bearing exercises to build your bone health, and you should be good to go. I hope this helps you. All right, I hope today's episode gave you some insights on some changes that you can make now to live a healthy, proactive lifestyle that would help prevent chronic disease, even if it runs in your family. Today, I leave you with a quote by Paracelsus. The art of healing comes from nature not from the physician. Therefore, the physician must start from nature with an open mind. Well, it's my belief, or at least I got to the belief by the time I reached age 30, that I would be able to understand my body to the point where I could heal my body of anything so that I would be my own physician. I would challenge you this week to think about what you've learned about yourself, what more you could do to learn more about your body so that you could figure out how to prevent health conditions going forward. We got to start with nature. We've got to start with our diet. We've got to start with holistically living in a way that is in alignment with our highest purpose in order to live our healthiest, best lives.
Well, that's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, therawgirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit stayingagelessshow.com. To watch the interview on video from this and past podcast episodes, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash The Raw Girl. 